Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Today, I will be your friend guide, your guide on the friendly side, helping you find friends. Uh, As we've been thinking about a topic for the last few weeks on what we could talk about on today's show, we sat there and we started a conversation of friends, and we found out that nobody on my production team here None of them have friends. That's because our friends are here. Here. We yes. are... Our life completely orbits are, the Matt Townsend show, yes. and so We're that, these are our friends. That I, is how pitiful our lives are. I have a lot of friends on Facebook oh, Okay, Let's, <laughs> that I haven't talked to in years. Jess, those aren't friends. Those are Facebook friends. Those are Facebook friends. Well, I've got lots of those. <laughs> Do you know how many you're supposed to have, by the way? There's a number. What three hundred? If you have exactly, yeah, I think it's three hundred. It's a little over three hundred, I think. But if you have more than that, me and Mike both have over one thousand. And you know what? Do you know how many I have? How many? Just under three hundred. See, yours are all friends. Yep. Seven hundred of Jess's uh, Facebook (laughs) people are are Klingons. They're wannabes. They're posers. (laughs) Someday I'm going to use them. Whoops. Oh, (laughs) that just let's not use the use word. I'm going to talk to them. You're going to beg them for a job. Well, that would be now. (laughs) (laughs) Friends. Friends make the world go round. Isn't that the phrase? Sure. Or is that love makes the world go round? I think love or cheese. Well, loving a friend makes the world go round. Uh, Friends, that's the topic today. And the influence a friend can have on you, again, I think it's sad. I don't have friends. I got all sad. Did you hear that? I don't, I don't, when I sit there and I think, do you have a lot of like close friends? I really don't. I feel like my families, they're my friends. They're the ones I want to hang out with. I think that's valid. My family, they're great friends. Are they? Yeah. But what if you don't like your family? I guess that then you got to get sad. friends. I don't, I don't really know how that, I didn't go through the rebellious teenage phase where you hate your family. You didn't? No. That I, means you'll I go really through like it later, just so you know. That's interesting. Yeah. I'll be like. Probably, you know, five years into marriage, you'll be all rebellious. Oh, okay. But Matt, well, but then think... I'll have a husband, so You'll go fine. all goth. You'll go dark. You'll. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. That sounds like a lot of energy, well, but. <laughs> it might. Just have your husband call me and I'll tell him it's going to happen. Okay. Matt, but... maybe you don't have friends because of your age. Pardon? <laughs> Pardon? Say that one more time. Maybe you don't have friends because of your age. <laughs> come, come again? <laughs> I think my hearing must be bad. I just think, like, the teens are. Did the you pe- just say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is great. Because I'm about to turn. Another year older. I'm not telling you when. But here's the Is deal. Is it I your birthday no, it's not. No, no, no. It's not for a while. But here's the deal. You're wearing a sweatshirt. <laughs> and the sweatshirt has what year, Merit? 1987. Yeah. 1987 is the year I graduated from high school. And you're wearing that like it's old. This is a vintage hoodie. <laughs> that's pathetic. That well, is, by the way, back to my days of friends. That's when we had friends. That's when you had friends. So you're saying I don't have friends probably because I'm too old. Well, my dad doesn't have friends either, and he's kind of old too. Well, my dad has friends. Huh. He's, he's older than Matt. So. Old people have friends. Okay, yeah, that's true. You know what? I you're going to get Dawn okay, so mad what? at you. Do you know what I think? I think Matt Don is my friend. friend. I know, but Don's going to be mad. Matt, Mark, wait—they're all going to be mad. You haven't fully acknowledged how 
how all the benefits that friend, a friend's influence could have on you. Okay. And so maybe you haven't put yourself out there. Maybe maybe that's friends. it. Maybe maybe it's I don't understand. Maybe it's like food. I don't really care for it. Yeah, but you it's should. It's an annoyance. It's it's something because that it would gets make your in the life way. better. But so so what are the benefits? I the mean, benefits of friends. Well, there know. are lots of reasons why you should have friends. In I fact, mean, it seems obvious. You should have friends because ever since you were a kid, you had friends. Yeah. So, so it's kind of natural <laughs> yeah. until you get older, apparently. Yeah, but, you know, we actually, I mean, I think as we grow older and we become more caught up in everything that we're doing, I mean, I was uh, just laughing. I have a lot of things that I'm doing in my, yeah. you know, day You're is busy. scheduled. And so making time for friends often just falls low on the list sure. because I have other things yeah. that sound more important right. <laughs> than hanging out with my friends. But so I think it's better for us to be able to verbalize why we need to have friends okay. because then we know why we need to prioritize Well, let's them. just – let me just give you the first one from Jess's list. You need friends when you're older so someone will be there to steady you in case you tip over. Preferably a younger friend. <laughs> you also need somebody there if you're older because somebody needs to hand you your meds. And make sure that you actually take them. Right, Jess? I don't know. Is that how it works for you? You're going to offend Don. See, you're going to offend Don because Don's older than I am. Uh, and Don's your boss. I believe that a lot of people, older people have friends. I don't want to get that misconception oh, sure. out there. You just, just said you didn't have friends. They just can't remember who they are. Sure, great. Jeez. Okay, keep going. You just so, made a lot of a jokes look. that I think could be memes. <laughs> Those are memes. You know. No, we won't go there. Okay, so give me some more, Merit. So, give me more so reasons. My reasons. Not for old people like me. <laughs> what are some reasons that you need friends? Yeah. So some of the reasons you need friends, um, they affect you a lot more than you realize. Oh, yeah. Just the people you hang out with, they, you know, you start to mirror them. Oh, boy. And you start to, you know, you act like them. They do, depending on what your friends want to do, that's what you do. Yeah. If they say dude, you say dude. I was trying to think of a time where, you know, you you got that positive peer pressure Mm -hmm. going on. Like, what are some things that I've done that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise? There's a lot of really fun things. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of illegal things. Illegal. That you did because your friends were doing. I do have that track record, but... So, I mean, that's true. They get you to, they kind of yeah, pick they get up your me game. To do, you know, yeah. fun things that I wouldn't normally have done. Um, yeah. Some other things that maybe I still probably wouldn't have done, like rock climbing and yeah. touching the cockroach at a museum. Those two things, I still don't see why I did either of those. But, yeah, I don't you know. You touched the cockroach. I bet your friends, like, I dare it you. Was, it I was a missing cockroach. They're, a, they're did they, almost extinct. Did they're they double like three, dog dare you? And like, three, four inches long. Ugh. When you touch it, it makes a little hissing was noise. It, it, was it an exhibit or was it just in the corner of the it museum? It was just a really <laughs> nasty exhibit. Like, oh, yeah. No, it was, in a, it. it was in an exhibit in a museum in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. So friends got you to, I guess... To touch a cockroach. Well, infect yourself with bacteria You know what? It was clean. Cockroach. It was kept in like a little exhibit thing and they had... It was clean. Like, it was... They had a museum yeah, they hose them personnel off. handling them. Yeah. So Okay, that's cool. Still, friends, I still don't understand Friends get you that, to live but, on the edge. Yeah, sure. Um, other things, they kind of lay the foundation for you to have deeper relationships later in life with yeah. really romantically. Yeah. The kind of people that yeah, you hang out social, with. They yeah, give you I mean, social they, skills. They give you the social skills, but not only that, but they're the kind of people who, you know, hanging around friends gives you the idea of what kind of person you want to be around with That's the true. rest of your life. Yeah. Like I do not like that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of it just to kind of state the obvious, they give you a lot of support. Supposedly. Sure. If That's you have some really have. good friends, I mean, but and- this is talking almost about the friends in high school. Yeah, I have a ton, and I love them all. And when I see them, hey, 
We're like, yeah. hey, like but, that. So, but you said your family or your friends. And my family, your family friends. gives you support, well, right? Well, I have an office full of people that I love and yeah. work with and all y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all. We all get along. We're friends. Yeah, we are. Except for Jess. I mean, <laughs> she's kind of well, like that she's little like the pers- friend that nobody she's likes She's like the anymore. annoying little little <laughs> yeah. sibling who's just like, hey, can I tag yeah. along? Yeah, the, the one that time. you pinch and then she leaves. Are we still yeah. talking about me? Yeah. No, oh, no. No. Mm, no we're, we've over, moved on. There's this desk, but. <laughs> she's the one that's got cooties. Okay. Remember that? Uh, no. That, that was the friend term. I never heard that phrase. <laughs> she's got cooties. Just what kidding. else? What are some more friend Influences. How else do they influence us? They can give you a reality check. See, they that's can, true. I, one, one of my favorite yeah. things is some of your friends can just be able to like tell you straight up when you're being yeah. dumb. Yeah. And I Knock really appreciate that. Yeah. Like you are being ridiculous. Yeah. Shape up. And <laughs> so that's, that's kind of fun. So, I mean, it's a good thing. See, and that I've, been that, I've been the person who's done that. Yeah. And I've been the person who's received that. And I really appreciate that. See, that's my wife. <laughs> so there you have it. I don't have a friend because my wife is my best friend. Yeah. And she tells me what I'm doing wrong in the instant. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she's constantly telling me things that I could do better. Yeah. In the instant. What do you need a friend for? It's be- <laughs> well, it's because she's your best friend that she tells you. Yeah. She's doing you a service. Well, and she's tied to me. So, you know, if I go down, she goes down. So it's kind of like she's the pilot and I'm the airplane. <laughs> That's <laughs> just she just go. flies me. Mm, that sounds negative. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, marriage, my marriage is bad. <laughs> it's just a friend relationship. Okay, any other reasons? I mean, they influence in a million ways. Oh yeah, yeah. My favorite thing about friends, though, is that you can kind of—they're the person you can go to where you really don't have to take as much baggage along with it. Yeah, because you know when you're talking to uh, your family. If it's your parents or your siblings yeah. or a spouse or even a significant other, there kind of goes with a lot of baggage yeah. along with it. And a lot of history. You know? And yeah, and you don't, yeah, you can't and open so, up and say, yeah, my childhood was messed no, up and until that's I, your parent. I've always really enjoyed the fact that I have friends that, you know, you can, I can call up and I can say, I had the stupidest day. And, you know, just kind of vent and spew. And then they're like, yeah, that's sad. And then we'll be laughing about something a few minutes later. Whereas if maybe I went to my parents about that, they'd be like, well, how do we need to fix this problem? Well, you know what they're thinking. sometimes I think I really don't want to fix this problem right now. I just kind of want to be angry about it. See, they're thinking, we got to fix this or Merritt's going to live with us for the rest of her life. So I'm going to fix it right I think they're worried about that, actually. Actually, they are. They called yesterday. Oh, really? And they're like, will you please make sure she gets an internship? Hey, uh, have you ever, you've heard of Brene Brown. I have heard of Brene Brown. Do you remember Brene Brown, PhD, talks about shame a lot? She does. She has a friendship she calls the move the body friend. Yes. Everybody needs to have a move the body friend. My move the body friends are the best people. So those are the people that not that not you'd ever like you'd ever need to move a body because that would probably be you've done something illegal. That probably would be bad. So you shouldn't get friends who will. Kill but, people. But, but somebody who you could call up and yeah. say, I need help moving the body. I need help. Like this, she uses the example of a friend that called and said her mom had, you know, she's an alcoholic, had had too much to drink, passed out on the couch, needed, <laughs> they, and she, they needed to move this lady before this, uh, before her grandchildren came home and saw how inebriated she was. So this woman calls Brene and says, look, I, you're my move the body friend. Can you come over right now? Brene ran over there. They moved the body. And after she said, she tried to explain, this is why I called you. A, I knew you'd be there. B, I knew you'd show up without any questions. C, I knew you'd move the body. And D, I knew you'd never judge me or my mom for where the position she was in. 
Yeah. So that's what we need. We all need no, to move exactly. the body fat. Or you'll pull your back out. I think that's out. really cool. And, you know, also, too, I think because because friends kind of lie a lot of the time outside of your kind of the inner workings yeah. of your life. Not, I mean, you want your friend to be involved in it, but they can, they usually have the time or the means or kind of the, the brain space to do something extra that yeah. maybe your significant other or, right. you, you know, your yeah. close family wouldn't be able to. See, that's so true. Yeah. Cause like, and it's I, so it's um, supportive. It's, it's additive. Yeah. A few weeks ago I had had a really bad day and, um, not a really bad day. It was just a really long day where you come home and you're just tired. Were, were we part and, of that day? Um, no, we I should was, have picked up on that. Well, maybe I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I came home and one of my friends had left cookies on my porch. Oh, cute. No reason whatsoever. She just did. For you. For me. Not just for everyone. They were salted caramel chocolate chip cookie bars. Oh. They were great. And it totally made my day. That's Not, what friends I mean, are for right Yeah, there. definitely. Because it was, I got there and it was, you know, it was somebody's thinking about me. Somebody cares about me. You're loved. Yeah. Have great. some high fat food that might clog your arteries. Yeah. I want a friend like that. <laughs> I don't have a, I don't have a friend like that. See, that's the difference, I guess, with guys. Like, I have a hard time believing James would ever, like, leave me some cookies or brownies. No, I feel like guy friends, they're the ones that are going to, I think, almost an equivalent is, like, receiving a random text out of nowhere saying, hey, man, want to go play basketball? Yeah. Or, dude, you've got to see this picture. Yeah. And it's a picture of, like, someone picking their nose. Yeah. And it usually, it usually <laughs> starts with dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, you got to say dude. dude. We totally need to do this right now. Yeah. Like, okay, deal. See, that's that's the male friend right there. Yeah. Or can I borrow a tool and then they come over and borrow a tool? I actually did that the other day when I was changing the oil in my yeah, scooter. Which was, you were so proud of. I was really pr- proud yeah. of. It's it's a huge deal. By the way, did you ever get the, the cooking oil out of your scooter? Uh, no, it was, it was vegetable oil. Okay, yeah. It, so you know it doesn't run on vegetable now. Wait, what? Yeah, no. So at least you figured that out. Yeah, and I was able to call up my friend. Like, I needed a ratchet, and you know he, <laughs> he gave me the ratchet. And it was Gotta fantastic. get this oil pan off and get my my vegetable oil out of my scooter. Yeah, I probably need to get on that right now. Well, oh dang! I, if you ever need a tool to borrow, call me. Okay, I have a million tools, and they're in about five thousand different places, <laughs> all over my house. And about seven in the backyard in the grass. But at least you have them and I can call you up. That's what matters. Because my son's worked on something last winter. So there's some in the grass. See, those are my friends. Family, no need for friends. Until you need a tool. Man. Again, every time I talk about my friends, it gets depressing. Well, maybe we can talk about how you can get some friends. Okay. Okay. That's the job today. Do you have a topic? You have an idea on that, though, really fast? Really fast? Give me one idea. Get a friend today. To get a friend today. Be a friend today. Oh, that was good. You came up with that The best way to get a friend today, you be a friend. That sounds great. Think of one person right now that you haven't seen or heard from forever. If they're alive, send them an email. Boom. The Matt Townsend Show. That narrowed it down for you, didn't it? Yeah, totally. If they're alive. (laughs) You always got to go if they're alive. If they're not alive, it's going to be hard to reignite that friendship. Okay, we're talking friends and influence. we got a great show ahead of you. Merritt's going to come back after this break talking about long-distance relationships. Then Carlin Flora is going to be joining us, and she's going to talk about her book, Friendfluence. Awesome stuff coming up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're friends. We're talking about friends and the powerful influence we can have on those people closest to us. You know, as we progress through life, it can get harder and harder to maintain friendships, right? But that doesn't mean we can't. Our own Merritt Meekham has some great ideas on how you can keep a long-distance friendship alive now more than ever, by the way, Merritt. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got every form of technology. It's so true. But, you know, it's not only technology that helps you keep your friendship going. Cause Cookies. Yes, always good. Pastries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What food, else? Food always helps. Um, well, I'm going to start with a story, actually. When I was seven years old, my whole family, we used to live in downtown Salt Lake City. Wow. And we moved to Idaho, a little tiny town. And um, But my best friend, who I lived, who was in my neighborhood in yeah. Salt Lake City, we are still best friends to this day. Hold it. What? Yes, really? Definitely. Wow. So I had three very good friends there, and we are all still best friends to this day. And you, I guess you, you used to write letters. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's an interesting, our parents are friends, so that helps out a lot. Yeah. Most of it was done through our own effort. And right now, for example, my um, friend Riley, she is on a, she's doing service okay. um, in the South right now in Arkansas. Oh, wow. She's cool. on a service mission there. Yeah. So um, that's what she's doing. So yeah. we write now. And um, so you just, but yeah, yeah, you know, and it's interesting when you're a little kid, you know, I, we did write letters when I was tiny, sure. you know, and I would have my mom arrange, you know, phone calls. So yeah. being little though, and having to keep, maintain a it's long harder. distance relationship, that well, friendship isn't really right. It's not know, normal, proactive. but once you, especially when you um, are into the college years, that just becomes your entire life. See, that's right. <laughs> you leave everybody that you had in high school and then people, you know, you don't have classes with them every day, so you don't see them. And so consequently, basically everything becomes a long distance friendship. When you think about and it, it be, yeah, you've met a million people on this campus, yeah, and they're all going to leave you, yeah. And so if you, you know, if you view it that way, you're not really going to make any friends because right. you're not, you know, the, yeah. like what's the use of making friends you're not going to see after three months? But really, there is a use, and there are lots of different ways that you can maintain long distance friendships. Um, and of course, the first thing everybody says when it comes to that is technology. We have technology, right. so we need to use it. That's what I said, but. In my experience, the whole idea that you can email them and you can call them doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right, exactly. You know, you can do it. Oh, yeah. But a lot of times, you know, I, I'll just have to admit this. I hate writing letters. I do too. I, I just – I hate describing things that are happening in my life. I already went through that. That's boring. <laughs> it is officially boring for yeah. me now. Um, but there are some other things that you can do that I feel like set up better patterns. Um, so some things that I've done, I will do texts a lot. Texts are long distance friendships, best friend. Now, exactly. Yeah. So if you note here and there, yeah, if whenever you think of that friend or you think of something funny, you'd like to say to that friend, just do it. Yeah. Do it right then. It'll take 30 seconds. And it, and it, and it kind of re-energizes it once again. Oh, reconnection. Uh huh. And especially if you have, um, pictures like a phone that can take pictures send lots of pictures like you've got to see this yeah (laughs) like i found this one i do is we send each other funny things that we've seen like on posters and things okay um yeah my friend will be like look there is this hilarious grammatical mistake on this poster and i'll be like wow on (laughs) our campus we had this poster and just little things um another thing to do is to kind of establish a place where you can laugh together which yeah. that sounds very vague, um, but there are lots of ways you can do this. Let's hear this. So for me, um, what works best is Pinterest, which is, I really? know, a very female-oriented website. Yeah. But 
they have shared boards on Pinterest. And you can even make those boards secret if you want to. And so I just have boards that I share with my friends who live far away. And we just will pin things to the boards that we think the other person should see. And a lot of times that's just usually funny. It just gets the conversation going. Yeah. And so, you know, and you can say that and uh, or it could even be like, hey, I made this for dinner tonight. And you post that on there or, hey, we should go shopping and look for something like this. And so, hey, look at this mole. Does it look swollen? Sure. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like, anything. look at this, you know. I mean, friends should be able funny to share anything. Yeah. Right. But so you start, you post those things on there. And then that always gives me a way to, it's a starting point. Yeah. So whenever you start a conversation, we can be like, hey, I loved that thing that you sent me. That is cool. And that's a way to kind of, because when you talk to a friend you haven't talked to in a while, it can be yeah. a little bit awkward. But if yeah. you start with something like that, hey, you remember that hilarious thing you pinned to Pinterest? That's a great you idea. You laugh and you get over it. And, you know, you could do that in lots of other ways. Um. With a bunch of my family and friends, I also just whenever I find an interesting article that I read, yeah. I'll just email it to all of them. I have my email list of people I email articles to. And so if I, I do that, too. you know, if I'm read a really great film review, I just send it to all my friends and I say, hey, this is what I've been doing this afternoon. You might want to look into it or. Cool. And again, that you're sharing you. You're just. Yeah. You, if you keep reaching and touching people, it's going to keep you connected. Mm hmm. Um, Do you ever feel like it's one-sided? Like, how come they never send you anything? (laughs) Well, okay, this is actually an interesting thing. And it's something that I feel very passionately about. But I don't believe in continuing a one-sided friendship. Unless you you have a a reason to really keep. or I mean, and not to say that if a friend's going through a hard time so isn't contacting you as much, you'd ever leave them. Don't do that. That's awful. But if you just have a friend who's not invested, who doesn't put any effort into contacting you. Yeah. Are they really your friend or are they just taking advantage of you That's whenever true. it's convenient? That's true. So I am one to not continue any friendship where I feel like it's not being reciprocated. There you go. So it's something I feel very strongly about. So I'm probably more attuned to it. That's a great rule. It I, is. You know, and that way you don't. I I mean, I've had friendships that I've continued before where I don't feel like the other person's reciprocating. Yeah. And it wears down on you no, and totally. you start feeling bad about yourself. You I know, just you wonder them, why they're not. I send them to the uh, I send them to the restaurant to get the table early. That's what I do with them. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's reciprocal that way. Sure. It's rude. But. Anyway, but yeah, you you don't need to be desperate for friends. You know, you don't you don't have to be clingy to your friends. And, and you don't have to let them go. No. Um, yeah. So some other things that I like to do, and this these are something that's more unique to me. But I I love to watch movies, obviously, and that's yeah. what I do with my friends a lot of the time. So sometimes we will um, set up a time and we'll watch a movie or like a TV show at the same time. Oh, cool. And then we'll and then call or chat. text yeah. or Facebook chat while we're watching the movie. And if you sync it at the That's right time, cool. then you're you're watching it with them. Yeah. You can comment about the movie. It's like they're sitting right there next to you, which is really fun. How cool. I've never thought of yeah. that. And then just lastly, whenever you can, make an effort to see them. If you're in the same town, if you have an open weekend, just go out and see them. And yeah. Then you can use all of the stuff that you have laid the groundwork for to have a really great time with them when you're there. That's awesome. And the more times that you establish that pattern where you've been away and then you come back and you have an amazing time together, the easier it's going to be to maintain that friendship yeah. and you know the closer of a relationship you'll have. See, that's why you have friends right there. Right there. Yeah. James, techno man. Go go to Pinterest. Set us up a page. <laughs> okay. We are going to start pinning things to Pinterest in a private pinning area in preparation of the day you leave. 
What? <laughs> well, I forgot to tell you. You'll be leaving soon. No, no. Okay. In preparation, just so that way we're we are going to start this because well, you and I are going to stay. Connected. And we can, yeah, we can actually be friends yeah. and get other friends too. Well, let's not. Let's just start with us. Just us. Okay. Let's just see. Start small. If it sticks. Okay. And if it sticks, which how could it not on Pinterest? Yeah, you're, you're pinning it, it so it can't. You can't not stick. That's great advice, Marion. And now James is on it. Yeah. So James and I it. will be friends forever. Oh, in fact, we call it BFFs. There you go. Just one last reminder. Yeah. Just If you're thinking about that friend that you haven't talked to in a while, just text him. Contact. Right Contact. now. Not right, right now. now. After the show. It'll only take 30 seconds. They could do it during the break. Contact him during this break. We're yes. going to take a break, giving you a chance out there, friends of America, to contact your friends. Friends who are friendly make friends. Put that on a bumper <laughs> sticker. Profound. Put that in a meme. Hey, we're taking a break. When we come back, uh, Carlin Flora will be joining us, and she is going to be sharing information about her book, Friendfluence. Awesome stuff. Coming up, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your friend coach. Today, we are talking friends and the wonderful influences that they can have. Now, again, they don't always have a wonderful influence, but, uh, you know, in the end, we need them and we need each other and we need to figure out uh, how to be a better friend and how to understand the impact that they're having on us. One of the things that to me is is fascinating about the whole subject of friends, we've all had this experience where you show up, you haven't seen somebody for years, and you step back in the kind of the space with them, and all of a sudden you can pick up exactly where you left off. Have you ever had that moment? That to me is a sign of a really good friend. You, you don't lose ground just because you're not with each other. Um, in fact, you can pick up, kind of still have that same connection. And so... Friends and the powerful influence that they are, that's the topic of the of the day. And we have an incredible guest, I think, that's going to enlighten us and teach us the ropes of friendship. Her name, Carlin Flora. She is the author of a book called Friendfluence. Friendfluence, the surprising ways friends make us who we are. And um, you got to go, by the way, check out her website, carlinflora.com. Carlin is C-A-R-L-I-N, flora, F-L-O-R-A.com. Now, Carlin uh, was on the staff of Psychology Today magazine for eight years, most recently as a features editor. She's a graduate of Columbia University School of Journalism and has written for Discover, Scientific, American Mind, Glamour, Women's Health, and Men's Health, among others. She's also appeared on the Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, Fox News, and 2020. She lives in New York City, and you can you can follow her on Twitter at Carlin F. or go to her website, CarlinFlora.com. Carlin, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You bet, and it's a joy to have a new friend <laughs> who wrote the book on Friendfluence. I love that, uh, the title of the book, Friendfluence. I can't pronounce it because my brain's like, something's weird here. Right, right. It's a new word, trying to coin a new word. Um, but how did you get into yeah, that? Hopefully it kind of quickly 
telegraphs the meaning of the book, which is that friends friends influence us more than we tend to think. You oh, know, yeah. There's so much emphasis on parents and how did your parents shape you, or then later, you know, on your partner, how does your partner affect your life? And, um, you know, I really wanted to give friends their due. Well, and again, I mean, it's easy for parents to take the fall, but how many times have you heard somebody say, you know, your friends will make or break you? Like my grandma yeah. would choose good friends. Everyone was always get the right friends. And in the end, uh, it does, because having, having a healthy friend, uh, I guess, will also help you make a lot of choices and sometimes not even have to make choices because, you know, the friend might be there to help you make those choices. Right. It's it's so true. It's, you know, even parents who are, you know, great parents and really set a good example for their kids, kids are just naturally built to fit into a peer group. And so if they pick the right group, uh, you know, they just adopt the values of that group and they get better grades if their friends have better grades. Um, and they really just rise to the to the level of their friends. And, you know, there's even one researcher who, who um, has made a pretty convincing case for the statement that peers influence us even more than parents. Really? Um, that's a little bit controversial, but... Um, she says that apart from the genetic contribution that your parents give you, you know, their behaviors really don't make any any difference in how you turn out, whereas huh. their their friends and their peer group does make a difference in, in how they turn out. Well, and it's so even if that's a little like shocking. Um, right. I mean, it, the reality is that is probably true in some with some people anyway. So, right. I mean, some people's friends are very influential and some people's parents just aren't. And yet, what I what I love about your book, though, is you go into the researchers, right? You go in and find the what the what the social scientists are saying and the scientific research, and you're 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 starting to tie the research to, you know, the everyday life. Right. Exactly. So so it was really fun to put together, you know, research from different areas of psychology and and really, you know, paint a picture of of of, of how important friends are. What what when they, when you kind of get into it, uh, mm-hmm. how do you see that they influence? I guess for example, our health. I mean, friends. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I've heard, yeah, well, that's when I started doing drugs, or that's when I started doing whatever because the the group of people I was around. But how do friends influence our health overall? Yeah, I think the health research is really the most compelling of all of this, and. You know, there's some sort of social network research that shows that, and by that I don't mean like online, I just mean, you know, people mapping out, uh, scientists mapping out who your friends are and right. following this them over time. And first of all, if you if your friends drink, you're more likely to drink. If your friends smoke, you're more likely to smoke. If your friends gain weight, you are more likely to gain weight, really? even if they don't live in your same city. Wow. And what is that? About? That's crazy. Yeah. What is that about? I guess you're just... So it's really about group norms. So okay. even if you're not seeing your friend every day, if she gains weight, it suddenly it sort of plants a seed in your oh, head. Wow. Like, oh, it's okay to weigh a little yeah, more. That's what we do. You know, that's what we do as a team. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the gang. That's, that's, those are the gang colors, your weight or your whatever. <laughs> that's interesting because, yeah, it does give you latitude, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a little mysterious. We don't know exactly how it works, but we know that it, it does work uh, this way. And... um and then, you know, as far as recovering from an illness, I think a lot of times when someone gets sick, you think, oh, thank God they have their husband or their wife. But there's actual, you know, some really interesting research, say, on breast cancer patients where 
those who had a, a nice circle of friends were much more likely to recover than those who didn't have a circle of friends. Oh, yeah. And whether or not they were married did not make a difference. It was the friends that made a difference. So I think that's really important for listeners to hear, especially, you know, listeners who don't uh, aren't married right now to, to know that, you know, it's your friends that maybe could, could really help you rebound from, from a health crisis. And then just my, I think my favorite overall statistic uh, in the book is that not having um, a good social circle of friends is the equivalent of smoking uh, <laughs> several cigarettes a day. That's the sort of risk to your mortality. Really? Uh, the same health risk. Yeah. And so you think about, you know, all these public health uh, campaigns against smoking, well, you know, really we should have public health campaigns in favor of, you know, building strong friendships. Well, oh, wow. I mean, that's a big deal because, uh, the you know, we're all so against smoking. We all understand now the dangers of secondhand smoke. Yeah, now they're talking right. about thirdhand smoke, all these different oh, kinds. No. <laughs> and a thirdhand is, I guess, the smoke that's like left in the drapes and the in the oh, carpets. Right. And I guess now they're showing that that's having a negative impact. But you would never equate it to to not having a strong friend network. That's in, that's incredible. Yeah, and again, and you know, as far as why exactly this is so beneficial, you know, I think there are a couple reasons. One is sort of just the practical thing of if you you know have more friends, maybe they encourage you to see doctors, or they you know actually take you to the doctor, that's true, or huh? check up on you, or you're sick. And then there's the more emotional part that is a little harder to quantify scientifically, but it's it's just the, the idea that I matter to people, you know, and if I matter, then I need to keep myself healthy, and that, mm. that sort of just subtly influences our, our health choices over time. In, in all of your research, again, we're talking with, um, we're talking with Carlin Flora, who is the author of the book Friendfluence, and uh, she studied all of the, the recent or the latest science and research and clinical psychology and philosophy about... Um, Friends, in all of your research, uh, Carlin, have you seen anything about, like, family? Like, for me, and I don't know if it's a guy thing, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I have, a lot of, I have a lot of people that I'm close to, that I work with, that, I, that are at the radio show, that are in my life. Except if I want to, like, when I think of my best friends, I think of my family. I think of my wife. I think of just hanging out with my kids. Mm-hmm. Is... Is, the, is it the same impact of uh, the family and the mm-hmm. friends? Well, I think, you know, what I discovered is rather than sort of setting it up as a competition, you know, are friends better yeah. or is family better, you have to look at how they en- enhance each other. And I think, you know, if you're totally content to spend all your time with, with your family, that, that's great for you individually. But for most people, I think if you keep up your friendships while you're married, then it really helps, you know, fulfill some of those needs that one person can't, you know, one person exactly. can't be everything, right? You yeah. Know, there's just going to be certain interests that you have that, you know, your wife is not going to share. And so if you can go out and, and get that, you know, kind of that that interest stimulated and, and do some of those activities that you can't do with your family, then you come back energized, you have new mm-hmm. things to tell them and share it with them. And, you know, as far as kids, it can be really stressful day to day to be with kids, even if we love them to death. And so if you have that friend time where you really relax and can lower your stress level, and that's another health benefit is that, you know, just being with friends lowers cortisol levels. Um, Oh, yeah. And you can go back to your family and you're more refreshed. And and love them again. 
Yeah, so I think it's, you know, and there's even research that couples who go on double dates are happier. And I think it's because, you know, when you're in a double date, you're kind of showing off a little bit. You're telling your best jokes and your partner looks over and says, oh, wow, my wife's really funny. You know, I kind of yeah. forgot that. Um, so instead of rolling her eyes like, oh, yeah. man, you're telling that one again. You always tell that joke. I hate that joke. Not, not, that, not that my wife does that because she doesn't. So everyone's <laughs> yeah. So even if you have a really strong family life and you're close to your family, um, you know, friends can really bring out different parts of you and, and really, you know, push you to grow yeah. um, in a way that then is, is ultimately good good for your family. I, I think, and I, just because we do a lot of relationship work in my program, and um, what mm-hmm. I see is a lot of times we think our partner should be able to complete us, and yeah, they should be able thing. to meet mm-hmm. every one of the needs, but in reality. Ah, uh, they always can't. So having a really good yeah. friend that you could go talk to, to to offload some of the emotional or offload some of the social that your partner doesn't care for or understand, exactly. sometimes that's healthy, huh? Yeah, I think it's really healthy because I think exactly we just we have really, really high expectations of marriage right now. It's not just this practical arrangement that it used to be, you know, right. hundred years ago. It's supposed to be, you know, fulfilling in every single way and it's just that's just putting too much on a marriage. So you know, that's where friends can really, really come in and, and be an important, uh, you know, emotional relationship as well as all the, the health benefits we've been talking about. You've um, you've talked about the health kind of benefits. <clears throat> what are the yeah. – I, I know that, too, they it, it influences – having friends changes your happiness, your actual – it influences how, how you're happy and how you, I guess, express happiness. Right. So one hand, this isn't too surprising. We know, we know our friends um, – you know, make, make us happy, but but it's really, it goes back to that sort of feeling of social connectedness and belonging, and this turns out to be really the biggest predictor of happiness, more than money or success or other things that we might associate with happiness. Um, and again, family family can be part of that, that social connectedness, but friends really make us feel like I matter, um, you, you know, I, I'm important, and somebody gets me. You know, when a friend, you talked about catching up with an old friend, yeah. um, uh, you know, as though no time has passed. And that is really, that's just one of life's greatest pleasures because it's, it's this person gets me so well that, you know, that, that we truly connect and that just yeah. makes us feel less lonely in this world, you know, because a lot of us feel lonely day to day. And so this is just, this is an oasis from that. So that really uh, affects happiness. And it's you know, funny. when you're young, it's, it's easy to make friends. Yeah, you're it gets together. harder when we're older. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Right. It's so almost like we get more awkward, isn't it? Like, it seems so natural right. for kids to just go start playing in a sandbox with each other. But right. we, as, as adults, we just kind of size each other up. We see each other maybe as competitors. Right. The dance. Right, right. Yeah. So I think it is important to remember that, you know, and a lot of older people who are kind of becoming more and more socially isolated, you know, that's a real problem because the, the antidote to, or, or rather the opposite of not having friends, which would be loneliness, is really detrimental to, to mental health and physical health. And mm. there are lots of studies that confirm that. That's not just a, you know, wishy-washy thing. That's yeah. very clear. Um, so, so, yeah, just knowing that, that making friends has a big impact on mental health is, you know, the first step. It's It really is. And we're talking with Carlin Flora. We're going to take a break. She's the author of the book Friendsfluence. That just sounds so... Friendfluence. No, no S. Friendfluence. And uh, she's teaching us the power of friendship, the importance of that influence. She's getting into um, 
just the, the surprising ways that friends make us who we are and the joy they can bring and the joy that, uh, that we can feel being a better friend. That's the goal of the show, giving you the tools to uh, maybe create a little more health, a little more happiness, a little more success through healthier, happier friendships. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM. 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're locked away deep in the BYU Broadcasting Center. So deep, cell phone coverage doesn't even work. I'm just stating that just in case somebody was expecting a text from me and didn't receive it. Uh, here's the deal, folks. Today we're talking Friends and Friendfluence, which is a book that's written by our guest today. Um, Carlin Flora is joining us, and she is was on the staff of Psychology Today. She's also a graduate of Columbia University and School of Journalism and has written for everybody on Earth, Discover, Scientific American Mind, uh, Glamour, Women's Health, Men's Health. She's been on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Hello. And I don't know if Oprah says that. I think she does. But most importantly today, she is the author of the book uh, that is so interesting, Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. She's teaching us so far uh, having the influence of a really healthy, good friend can may increase our health. It could also increase our happiness. Welcome back to the show, Carlin. Thank you. Good to have you. And um, now, Carlin, we have to ask you. So you probably have thousands of friends, right? Tens, tens of millions of friends. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's uh, quality over quantity. Yes, that's what I say. <laughs> that's why I only have one. But he is quality. Um, tell me this, Carlin, uh, as you're writing the book, what I love is here you are, Columbia School graduate, School of Journalism, awesome writer, but then you go get in. This is what I'm finding. You tell me if you see this. So you go talk to all these sociologists that have done all these studies, and right. a lot of them don't know how to communicate very well, not to be rude, but th- they need somebody to teach us what all what they're learning and it seems like what your book did is it went in, took the latest research, and is now you're, you're trying to share it with us to in a, you're communicating it so that we can relate to it and understand it. Is that the purpose of your book? That's right. That absolutely. You know, a lot of researchers are putting out such interesting studies, but yeah, it's hard for them to then get that out to the general public in a way that kind of ties their work. Uh, to the work of, of other researchers. So yeah. yeah, social science journalism is really about going around and, and digging all that up and then trying to, to put it in a, a sort of package, if you will, that, that will, will be relatable to people. And I think it's so helpful. And again, it's, it's interesting. A topic as simple as friends, um, we, we just overlook it. Like, yeah, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But, but friends right. are huge influences in our lives, our happiness. You've talked about what, how else do they influence us? Right. So I think, you know, the career area is a really interesting area because a lot, if you think about, you know, going into a certain profession, you you need a lot of practical information, right? Right. So let's say you want to be an actress and, you know, if you make friends who are already in that business, you get all of this this practical information about how to do this. But then even more important, you get um, 
sort of what I, what psychologists call identity support. And that is you're in with people who see you hmm. the way that you want to become, not the way you are. So they don't see you as this, you know, yeah. as uh, a, a waitress at Denny's. They see you as uh, an actress. Right. And when people believe in you that way, that just has an enormous uh, impact on, on the way, you know, how, how you fulfill goals and how you recover from setbacks. Um and then, you know, also just connections. And a lot, a lot of people think it sounds sort of, you know, uh, almost sleazy to make friends in your career because that, that means you're just trying to, you know, use people to get ahead. But I really don't think that's the right way to look at it. I think if you find, you know, sincere, authentic friendships um, with people who share your same career goals, uh, it can really, really help you succeed and, and lift you up. And, you know, a lot of jobs are through connections. So it's almost naive oh, yeah. to, you know, not think that, that you shouldn't be making friends who share your career goals. Well, and that's, it's so funny because it seems like the opposite is also true. You were talking about identity support and having our friends mm-hmm. who could relate to us in what we want to become as an aspiring actress, for example. And then how many times right. do you go to your family and they can't relate to you because you were just that cute little girl that broke her finger when she fell off the bike? And you're like, you're like, Mom, I'm more than that. Okay, I'm more than that. I'm, I'm a grown up, and I have a job, and I have a brain. Yeah, and that's why, friend. You know, if you look at all the popular sort of children's books, they're all kind of about, you know, breaking away from a family and going on an adventure with a friend. And it's kind of a metaphor of, yeah, the way we kind of find ourselves when we're young is through friendships and through kind of testing out new identities through friends. Because it's true, our parents are kind of going to see us a certain way, and. And they're not going to really, you know, be be partners in our search for a new identity, whereas friends are. So, yeah. so that's why that's such a powerful kind of story with, with children's literature. I, I uh, You wouldn't think that your success is so tied to it, except more and more mm-hmm. you hear everybody networking. You hear LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You hear these networking meetings everybody's going to. And in reality, you do get your jobs from who mm-hmm. you know. You get That's how you get in. Yeah, you do. And it's, you know, it's, it gets a little confusing with all the lines, online stuff, like who's my real friend versus who right. are my, you know, contacts or acquaintances. But yeah, overall, I think it's a really, really healthy thing to do to reach out to people and try to make, you know, real friends. And also, once you're on the job, having friends is uh, really important because some, you know, some companies sort of discourage friendship. Yeah. And you might think, oh, I shouldn't have friends at work. But, but the research there is really interesting that if you have friends at work, you're happier you're more productive and you even perceive your paycheck as higher than people who don't have <laughs> Well, it is. It's work. a payoff, isn't it? You get to work with people you care about and like. Yeah, and it just makes a huge difference. And I think when we're talking about the jobs we want, you know, we might say, oh, I want to like the people I work with, but we don't really, yeah, place an emphasis on, you know, will I have friends there? But it, it turns out to be just this huge indicator of how, you know, productive and and satisfied you are with your job. It seems like, too, they're going to be kind of a, a ballast for when you are successful, mm-hmm. when you are having success. I mean, nothing more fun than going back to your friends who are seriously, uh, I guess, positive and excited about your success and, and also willing to yeah. knock you down a notch if they think you're getting your head too big. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so true that they've sort of seen the whole journey so they can really really, you know, reinforce those those accomplishments. And and then, yeah, on the flip side, you know, a lot of celebrities um, will say that they, uh, 
they don't have anyone around them who will tell them the truth. They don't oh, yeah. really have any real friends because they end up having a lot of, you know, kind of hangers on. Um, so, so I think that is interesting what you said about, you know, when you're successful, it's harder to have um, a real friend who can, you know, be supportive overall, but occasionally, you know, give you kind of a hard truth. That's why, Carlin, that's why you need a posse. <laughs> you need a posse of your peeps. That you keep around you. I mean, Justin Bieber, hello. And um, it's working for I don't the bees. Know if his posse's a good influence. Yeah, I know. It seems like they might not be. I think he's got a rogue posse. He's got a posse that's running roughshod. We're going to take a break. We're talking with author Carlin Flora, uh, again, the author of Friendfluence, a wonderful book, um, digging into the research in you know the social psychology kind of world and she's just reporting it giving us the data giving us a leg up some hope some ideas in how to be a better friend and the importance of our friends this might be you know be getting ready folks because you're probably going to have to call a friend tonight and to thank them for the influence they've had on you more with carlin flora after this break this is the matt townsend show you're listening to us on sirius xm 143 byu radio Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, I will be your friendship coach, guiding you through the ins and outs of relationships and friendships. But who better to join us than the expert on the subject? Carlin Flora is joining us, and Carlin is the author of the book Friendfluence, which uh, is an awesome undertaking. She went, uh, got, gathered as much research as she could on the subject, you know, met with the experts, talked about it, figured out what's scientifically valid uh, about the influence friends are having on each other, gathered all these studies and started to put together a book, which I think we are all benefiting from on the show today. Friendfluence is the name of the book. You can go anywhere to get it. It's everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know it. And also, you can just go to her website, carlinflora.com. Carlin is spelled C-A-R-L-I-N, Flora, F-L-O-R-A, carlinflora.com. Also, you can um, you can go follow her on Twitter, at Carlin F, at Carlin F, and uh, that's all you need. And you know what's neat about that is she'll be your friend. So not only is she a, an author from Columbia University School of Journalism, she's also a writer for Discover, Scientific American Mind, Glamour, Women's Health, Men's Health. She's been on the Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, Fox News, 2020, and now, my friends, The Matt Townsend Show, uh, which I'm pretty sure won't help. But uh, we're still friends nonetheless. Carlin, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. You're going to want to put that on your website, The Matt Townsend Show. Oh, yeah. It's going right up there. Okay. Letting you know. Uh, And again, if you want, you can go to my website. You can go to my uh, Facebook page and just be my friend. I will. I will. Because that's what friends are for, right? Technology. Because now you can have thousands of friends you don't even know. Right. Is technology, how's, how's that impacting us? Okay. So I think the, I think what we, are hearing over and over in the news is that Facebook is ruining friendships and social media is the end of friendships. So I want to kind of show the positive side that 
people who have a lot of contacts online also have more contacts in real life. Hmm. So, you know, the stereotype of someone sitting in their basement, uh, you know, online isn't isn't really true. Uh, that that people who are just kind of active in social media are probably extroverts and right. know, in general, and and just like to socialize in in real life too. And you know, we're always going to crave that face to face connection. I mean, that face to face connection has you know, real physiological effect on us, Talk, talking about the calming thing earlier of, you know, affecting our stress hormone levels, that really, you know, only happens face-to-face. Um, so we're always going to need that. But I think the positive thing is that people, you know, especially people who, you know, maybe have, have a special interest or a special situation and it makes them harder to connect with people, they can, they, they have a, you know, limitless pool of friends now. They can make a friend in Australia who shares their, you know, particular interest or, sure. you know, I talked to a woman who had, um, you know, a really severe autoimmune disorder and she was basically housebound. And if it, if it weren't for her friends that she met online who share this disease, she would have no social contact. So this has made a huge, you know, difference in, in her day-to-day life. So I think technology is, you know, quite amazing as long as we also work to, to keep up those face-to-face connections. What about this, Carlin? Because it seems like, um, you know, when I went to high school and you signed everyone's yearbook, hey, let's get together, um, <laughs> you, you kind of knew a lot of those right. you'd never see again. So, so there was kind of nice. There's a nice benefit to having some friends just end, and friendships, and not the friends. Sorry, we don't want friends to end. We want the friendship to end. But it's interesting with um, social media; they don't seem to go away. Right, and you know, one guy I interviewed for my book does not do any kind of online social media, and he told me I have no interest in hearing about my third tier acquaintances. <laughs> you know, yeah. new babies. <laughs> I don't need to hear it. I don't need to fill that vein. Oh, and there's, wow. there's definitely something to be said for well, that. Well, he's a curmudgeon. Like... He's just an angry <laughs> curmudgeon. That's what right. he is. Personally, I like seeing, you know, those new new yeah. baby pictures, even if it's not someone I would actually call up and sure. want to, you know, go out with. But there, there's something nice about feeling a little bit connected with your past, because I think a lot of us move away from oh, the absolutely. place we went to high school. And, you know, it's just sort of, it, it's nice to sort of keep people in your life who knew you you know, before, as well as new friends who can really help you with whatever you're going through right now. So, but, you know, there is an argument to be made for, well, we have a finite amount of free time, and shouldn't you spend that, you know, calling your your real friend your mother rolling through, right. the, you know, all these pictures of these acquaintances. So, What, uh, I've heard it. research, maybe this was in the book, um, about, you know, you, you can have... There's kind of a um, there's a point of no return where diminished returns mm-hmm. on having so many friends on, for example, Facebook and like the number I can't remember was three something, three hundred and something. But more than that, well, right. it, well actually one fifty, and this is really oh, is it one fifty? It, it, it goes kind of goes back to if you think back in history when we lived, um, you, you know, when pe- people lived in tribes, they used to live. They, the tribes tended to be, according to anthropologists, around one hundred and fifty. So oh, wow. There's this school of thought that we kind of, you know, developed to be able to keep track of 150 people. So these wouldn't necessarily all be friends, but people whose, you know, name you yeah. know right away, who you know something about. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, the, it's really interesting because that number kind of maps on, like, the number of Facebook friends you should have before it kind of has the di- diminishing returns. Um, because too many friends then yeah. starts to make you compete more. Like, and you start to feel like, wow. I'm not pulling my weight. I don't even have a boat. 
<laughs> right. I got to lose weight. Yeah. Another danger of social media. You don't want to make it this contest of, you know, yeah. and envy also. There is research on that, that people who spend a lot of time on Facebook, um, they, they tend to feel like their lives might be, you know, a little bit inferior. And the reason is, you know, all this stuff is highly curated. People aren't putting up the bad things. They're putting up, you know, the, the high points. And we tend to forget right. that when we scroll through it. So, so that is um, another potential downside is becoming a little unhappy with what you have because you're comparing it to this um, sort of, you know, uh, hyper-reality or curated reality. Do you, do you sense that uh, we're actually becoming, and I look at my children, are they, are they more able or less able today to be a good friend? Like all of these influences of social media technology, all of this incredible research that they just at their fingertips, Wikipedia for crying out loud, all of these things, right. um, is it making them more apt, more able to be a friend mm-hmm. or is it, how's well, that impacting us? Right. So, so there, there, you know, there is some controversy. Some, some people, bar, you know, kids who spend a lot of time online, um, might have more behavioral and social problems in real life. But for the most part, what, what the psychologist I spoke to said is, you know, kids are going to, whatever problems they have, they're going to take those problems online. So the ones are having, who are having behavioral problems are also probably going to do things online that are, that are problematic. Okay. And, and then, you know, on the contrary, the kids who are doing fine are, are going to be fine online. So it's just kind of an extension of, of what they're going through. Obviously, it really exacerbates bullying and that kind of thing because it makes it public, it makes it quick, it makes it constant. Um, so that's where it's really dangerous. But as far as, you know, oh, kids don't have empathy today, that's not really true. You know, again, yeah. they're, we're still really strongly um, designed to connect with each other face-to-face, and kids are still doing that even yeah. if they're also, you know, more connected to devices than we were when we were young. The, the bullying is an interesting thing, too, because I yeah. I mean, it it existed when we were younger. It just wasn't so public. Right. right. And it wasn't so I guess you couldn't hide as much from it. Everyone knew who the bully was. Yeah. And you could you got a respite when you went home. Yeah. You know, And then here are these poor kids who are, you know, bullied online. There's no break. They're always anticipating if someone is going to post something or spread something around. And so, you know, and I think schools really have. um made a, a an effort to, to monitor that more and to really work with parents. Um, you know, and parents do need to, you know, mon- monitor that, that, that right. stuff, um, you know. We're talking with Carlin Flora, the author of the book Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. Um, what advice do you give us, Carlin, you know, as a parent— um, what what are some of the things you just suggest that we we do with our kids to make sure that they they get the power and the influence of a friend, that they understand yeah, the value of it? Great question. And one one stat that I love says that having just one friend protects a kid from being bullied, and if they are bullied, it protects them from developing depression or anxiety afterwards. So huh. I think if parents can know that just having that one, you know, if you have a kid who just you know maybe you know, follows the beat of a, a of a different drummer and just doesn't really fit in. If they can just have one good friend, that can make a world of difference. And mm-hmm. then, you know, in general, I think you can talk to kids directly about, you know, not, not in a negative way of, oh, your friends are going to pressure you to do bad things, but in the positive sense of, you know, did you know if you have friends who study hard and make good grades, you'll make better grades and, you know, really turn it around and make peer pressure a positive word in your house and with a, with a, a positive connotation. And then finally, I think role modeling, you know, um, teaching your, your, 
your your kids firsthand how to care for a friend. Make you know how bringing your kids with you to to bring food to your friend who just had a baby or who is sick, and and having friends over for for dinner parties and showing them that you know adult social life is that's one of the you know joys in life. It's something to look forward to, and and the more friends you bring around the house, the more you know, the variety of role models that your kids have in case they're not quite like you, they can have other adults in their lives to to model themselves after. It's it's such a great point because um, we we can tell them till we're blue in the face how important it is. And then if they look at us and they don't see us socializing effectively, Uh they don't see us having friends, nobody's calling, mom and dad just sit there watching, you know, dancing with the stars over and over again. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, right. But right. It, it, it is uh, – we're, we're social beings. Uh, that's what I love about some of the latest research um, is there's this innate need to be accepted and to belong, huh? And if we don't right. have that, it, it's, it kind of generates this fight or flight. I think a lot of our anxiety comes from that, a lot of our shame. It's so true. It's, it's – um, you know, there's even uh, – neuroscientists who, who have found that it, when you feel socially rejected, when you're excluded from something, that registers in the same part of your brain as physical pain. Right. Um, and in one study, taking a Tylenol actually helped you feel less rejected. <laughs> so it's, it's really amazing that the social rejection is, real, is just as serious to humans as physical pain. And, and that's why it's just, you know, friend breakups can be really painful. Yeah. We often don't really, we kind of dismiss those like, oh, that's not the same as a, you know, a real breakup, but, but it's, that can be really painful. So yeah, we're driven to be this way. And it, it just, it just, it's because it benefits us in, in all these ways that if we're feeling rejected and depressed, it's a signal that we need to go out there and, and reconnect because that's, that's what will ultimately help us get out of depression. Is there a big difference between um, a friend and kind of an intimate partner, a romantic partner? Because mm-hmm. it seems like yeah, they I mean, always hear the best friend, the, your, you know, your best partner is going to be your friend, your best friend. Right. I mean, I think this topic is so interesting because there's not really a strict definition. You know, there is overlap. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, the obvious difference is you can have a variety of friends who kind of, you know, bring out different sides of you, whereas we, you know, tend to commit to one one romantic partner. But, but other than that, yeah, there is a lot of um, kind of a blurred boundary there, and, and, and you'll hear different arguments. But some will say that, yeah, having friendship as a foundation to a romance is the best kind of yeah. relationship. Yeah, start it in the right order. Make You know, make sure, because it's, it's funny, we jump to the... The physical, but in reality, there's so many benefits physically in our health, our happiness, our success. Right. If we if we have that partner be our best friend or a great friend, right? And I think friends have a unique ability to really kind of make you be a better person if you if you listen to them when they're kind of really telling you, you know, what what your patterns are and maybe the places where where your behavioral patterns aren't, aren't good for you and aren't healthy for you. If we can really listen to that, that's, that's a really huge benefit for friendship. Yeah. And that, that's the benefit that, you know, all the ancient philosophers talked about was, you know, that they make you a more virtuous person. Mm. We'll end it on that. That's, you know, once you go to the great philosophers, <laughs> that's the sign, Carlin. Carlin, wonderful job on your book and this uh, and our talk. We, I learned a ton, and I, I do consider you a friend now. Oh, I consider you a friend, too, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. And everybody, again, go to her website, carlinflora.com. 
Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N, Flora, F-L-O-R-A dot com. CarlinFlora.com or follow her on Twitter at Carlin F. And go check out that book, Friendfluence, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. Awesome stuff. Really. I mean, it's a feel good thing to know that uh, you're not alone. Right. And it doesn't always have to be family. We can be out there protecting each other, watching out for each other. Again, uh, Merritt threw out a challenge at the beginning of the show. Be thinking of somebody, a friend you care about, somebody dear to you, somebody that you maybe haven't talked to in a while. Get them in your mind. And we're going to challenge you. And we have been throughout the show. Give them a call. Give them a text. Reconnect with them. It'll only take a minute. But uh, you'll see, I think in the end, as we learned earlier from Carlin, I think in the end, your health will go up um, even more than your friends for the call. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. What your friends say about you, Maddie's going to teach us something about, uh, you know, how we communicate through our friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, my dear friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about friends and influence. Who better to discuss that than my good friend, Maddie Richard? We're not friends, Matt. My great producer, non-friend, <laughs> uh, peer, we call her. Acquaintance. She's peer number seven. Acquaintance yeah. from the show, Maddie Richard. Well, you have secrets for me that you told me I couldn't know yet because yes. I was too new and we weren't close enough. So I don't think we're friends yet until I know all your secrets. Good point, Grasshopper. Yeah, you cannot so know quickly. all of my secrets yet. Till you can snatch this pebble from my hand, <laughs> you are not ready. Oh, okay. The great master. Okay, I'll so uh, friends. Yeah, so today... what my Who I have as friends say a lot about me. Yes, and we're not... Like, your friends do say a lot about you, but I'm not talking behind your back. Like, gossip. No. The kinds of friends that you have say a lot about who you are as a person. Yeah. Jim Rohn, the author and motivational speaker, coined this kind of famous um, idea that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Ooh, I love that. I love it. Jim Rohn. Yes. He's fantastic. He's got lots of great things about, you know... The sower, the parable of the sower and how that applies. But his what we're going to be talking about today is that you have to, you know, look at who you're spending the most time with because you're becoming like them yeah. slowly but surely, even though you might not recognize it. I think that is a very important lesson. It is. So if you think of it this way, Maddie, and I think this is a major step up for you. <laughs> when you joined our team, you put around you mm-hmm. uh, James. Yes. Michael Pond. Oh, I know, right? Merritt, Jess, and myself. Yeah. So you are now... Becoming... You are the you are the sum of the... the you're the average, I guess, mm-hmm. of, of all of us. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, thinking back, maybe in, in high school, I maybe didn't have the best friends. I mean, they're great people, but they didn't help me become yeah. my best self. Right. And it's so important to look at that because the people you surround yourself with at work, if you surround yourself with like the people that kind of slack off, yeah, even though slackers. that's not your personality, yeah. you're going to do it. That's right. If you're surrounding yourself with people that are, I'd love to talk to you. Just give me two seconds. I'm going to finish this. Oh, I'm, I'm going to finish my work too. 
And then mm-hmm. we can talk about the productive things that we're doing. You're going to be more likely to be like that. We're followers, inevitably. Even yeah. if you're a leader, you can only – if everyone around you are a bunch of slugs, you can mm-hmm. only lead so far. Yeah. So we're going to follow the leader or we're just going to follow the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Until um, – yeah. Harper Lee and To Kill a Mockingbird wrote, you can choose your friends, but you sure can't choose your family. That's a good point. So we are automatically surrounded by family. We can't really cut them out of yeah. our lives exactly. You're, stuck. You're kind of with those people and you can help be that influence for them. But with your friends, you do get to pick. That's cool. I'm going to spend time with these people. Yeah. But can you not I can distinguish when I shifted friend groups, I could see turns in my life. Oh, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this wasn't working. Okay. Yeah, coming to college for me, I made a group meant the most amazing girls became friends with them and my life is forever yeah. changed because they are the kind of friends that do make me want to be better, make me want to be my best self. And I am, I, I mean, I started talking like them. I know, that was weird. <laughs> it's weird. Well, but they were rappers and you came in with a bunch and you were like always throwing down raps and stuff, no. which I thought that was weird. No, no, but just little catchphrases. Oh. One of my friends always would say, words are hard. You know, when she would stumble on her words. And I found myself two months later saying that all the time. It's so crazy how the people we are around have such a powerful influence that we didn't recognize. Well, and you've heard James always, he's always like, don't, don't. Yeah, and he also also says that one thing about Lucky Charms. I don't know. What is it, James? I actually don't remember. It's Sorry, that only comes around one every 365 oh, days. They're magically it. delicious. Oh, yeah, that was good. That's See, and Matt's been I did it for him. by and, his But that's friend. because well he spends all morning with his lucky charms. <laughs> but it's it's powerful. And, um, yeah. and there's hope, too, because that also says you can shift. You can. And that's what um, Jim Rohn also talked about, how you need to identify the people that you're spending the most time with and evaluate each of those relationships. You need to look and say... You know, is this person adding to my life? How successful are they? How ambitious are they? Are they enthusiastic? I mean, if you're around someone that's so negative all the time, you're going to start being negative. You're going to start feeling down even though you're having a great day because the person that you care about that you're good friends with isn't. It's going to ruin that. It seems like um, it could go too far because then all you're going to put around you are a bunch of movers and shakers. Yeah. But you still want – Sometimes what you need is is not a mover and shaker that's a player and a wannabe, a poser. Sometimes mm-hmm. what you need is somebody that is just principled. So maybe what we want around us are principled, yeah. successful, character-driven people. Yeah. Because I could see somebody that wants to be an actor just wanting to go put five actors around them. Uh-huh. And that seems like, you know, I don't know, that just seems like Yeah, and Justin sometimes Bieber. you are... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you are drawn to people who have similar interests as you, and that's good. Mm-hmm. But it's also good to evaluate that and say, are they helping me be complacent? Are they helping me be right. content with where I'm at? Yeah. Do they drive me to be better? And yeah. obviously there's a balance. You don't want to surround yourself with people who are so successful. You feel bad about yourself. Yeah, I'm a loser. Yeah, like compared I to my friends, have I have plane. nothing. Yeah. But you don't also want to surround yourself with people where you're the maybe the top dog. Yeah. You're driving everybody everywhere. And it's good to have friends like that that you can help motivate. But it's also yeah. good to have people that motivate you. And you can you, – you feel it. You can feel like, okay, I got to pick up my game. I need yeah. to – like do you end up shrinking from people that are really successful? No. Or do you end up – you know, yeah. picking up your game. You want to be able to, and it's bad to say compare, but you want to be with people who push you yeah, to, to be, be your better. best self. And then also maybe 
still maintain some friendships where you're helping push others to be their best selves as long as you're not getting dragged down in the current. That's good. Jim Rohn, give us the quote again. Jim Rohn, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So look at those relationships of the five people you spend time with and evaluate them today. What can I be doing better? Do I need to cut some people out of my life that aren't helping me? Do I just need to lessen my friendship with them, spend a little less time with them so I can be my best self? Now, the dilemma with that is uh, because I spend a lot of time with my kids, so I... I like to be with my kids because, like, in basketball, I school them. <laughs> I dominate. Not to be, you know. Are but you I'm, friends with your kids? Though? Oh, yeah. We uh, hang. Oh, you guys, are, you guys are tight, bro. Yeah. And so uh, that's, that's, that's really cool. No, yeah. And it's just so important to, you know, realize that you're going to become like those people that you spend time with. Maddie, you did it. I know. So I... You know what? Friends. Oh, my goodness. I just became friends with Matt just, on the Matt Townsend oh, 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 show. Just today. Oh, Okay. We, so. I don't want. I'm trying to eke it out slow because you're going to be around a long time. So I don't want you to. I don't want you to peak too early. Okay. Got so it. just you know, I'll, we'll I'll be keep we'll easy, check. we'll be good friends by fall. <laughs> okay. Got it. <sighs> Maddie Richard. Yeah, that's how you say it. <laughs> you did it again. By the way, well done. Thanks. And man. way to bring in quotes. I know. That was profound. We're taking a break. When we come back, Jenny Layton is going to be joining us. The Happy Gals, her name. That's her blog, and she's going to teach us, uh, you know, about friends, about life, about happiness. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, friends. Today we're talking about friends and influence. Uh, some awesome guests earlier. Carlin Flora was joining us, teaching us about friend influence, her book, The Surprising Ways Friends Make Us Who We Are. Now we're going to talk to Jenny Layton, and you all know Jenny Layton as the happy gal. She She's the author, writer of the book, The Happy Gal. She also just recently released a cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way, You know, whether speaking or blogging or coaching, Jenny draws on her background of professional organizing and her love for health and nutrition, as well as just the fact that she's a mom, five children, she's a happy gal. And she's going to help us today figure out how we make time for our friends. Jenny, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks. It's fun to be here. It was good to see you the other day pitching your book. Yeah. Healthy Eating. Now, you know, uh, yesterday I made a statement um, that I don't like eating. (laughs) That can't be true. (laughs) It's actually very true. I I don't. It's just time consuming. Uh Uh-huh. And, you you know, it's not, you know, it seems like it's just not natural. (laughs) (laughs) I have to honestly say that's the first time I've ever heard that. (laughs) I know you would think that I would love eating just, yeah, because also on the same show somebody said I have a big gut. But... We won't go there. I know. It was rude. And yeah. I'm like, honey, don't say that. I'm on the air. But <laughs> Well, it sounds like you need to start eating the happy gal way. I totally do. In fact, that's why I'm going, that's why I'm even bringing up the book because I, my, I need it. So if you would just give me one, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> I'll stick one in the mail. I'll even buy one. 
Hey, um, <laughs> here's the deal. Jenny Layton, here's the deal. Friends, yeah. they're important. They can make yeah. us or they can break us. But I bet you hear a lot. I know I use the term a lot. I don't have time for friends because I'm a mother or a father or a whatever. Yeah. How yeah. do we get over this idea that you don't have time for something that is as important as friends? Well, I just think as I'm listening to the conversation with Carlin and the interview you did with her, I can just hear that in, internal dialogue going on in people's mind that you meet, you know, think saying, you mean I have to take care of my house and my job and my family yeah. and try to exercise and now I have to make time for friends too. So, <laughs> yeah, it's overwhelming. So, I think the big key in this one is have you ever like made a, re- a resolution or a goal that you're going to implement something great in your life and you really feel pretty passionate about it and yeah. then it just never really takes off? Every day of my life, Jenny. <laughs> I don't believe that, Matt. Okay. It's close. <laughs> but yeah. But, but yeah, so I think what happens in that case is that we are trying to accommodate a new practice in our life and build our life around the new practice. And I think you kind of need to reverse that plan Hmm. and have that practice come into your already established life. Oh, interesting. So So you take, you already have, uh, you kind of have a habit system where your life's already in sync with a bunch of things. mm -hmm. And you're saying you need to find a way to, to incorporate your new goal into your everyday already existing pattern. Exactly. Because then it kind of happens by itself. Yeah, yeah. So in this case with friendship, you know, you listen to to that segment and you're all inspired about, oh, friends, they're going to bring me happiness in my life. They're going to make me a better person, going to be a better parent, a better employee. So you want to you want to have that in your life. So look at your life existing, how it is and look, where can I insert friendship into what I'm already doing? Huh? Yeah. So do you want some examples? Please. I was just thinking (laughs) of it in my life because... I personally, the the way I would insert it in my life is I would just say yes every time my wife says, do you want to go out with friends? If mm-hmm. I just said yes every time, mm-hmm. I would have more than enough friends you because <laughs> my wife is a social machine. Yeah. And well, she's relentless. I'm sure you're, I, I can't imagine you're not that way either. Well, Matt. I'm actually not. Like I wouldn't go chase. I get to talk all day. So when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm done, I'm just a big mm-hmm. vegetable. But my yeah. wife likes the social. So if I, but I always say no. Oh, you know, let's just stay home this week, this mm-hmm. weekend. But if I just so, let it, let it. I mean, she'll do it naturally. So that's one way I'd bring it into my life. Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, look at some of the other things that you like to do. So for my life, um, I like to exercise, and so a really easy, natural way for me to have a friendship is to get a friend to exercise with me. Yeah. And in the past, those have been my best friends. Have been that's my good. Exercise partner, especially if you're in better shape than them. Because you'll always feel better about yourself. <laughs> That's that. That's you shallow, have but some yeah. friends that are better, and you know what? For some reason, my exercise partners are always so buff. Are they? they? Really push me. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, but you know, a couple other ideas are like if you love to read, uh-huh. get get in a book group. You know, you're already doing the reading anyway, and and then you'll have a way to really let you know explore that passion and and then have those relationships. That's a great. You know? That's I mean, that's a no brainer. It, it, or even just, uh, I know guys that just go. They love to stay healthy, but they'll go shoot and play basketball one one or two days a week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just go every time. Or we used to do it golfing, and we go golfing once a week. And mm-hmm. honestly, it was our friend group. It was great. 
Yeah. I think another key there, too, is just having a regular time that you do it. Yeah. That's why if you insert it into an already existing habit, it's a lot easier. But even if, um, you know, you want to get together with old friends, pick once a month or once a quarter or whatever and have that be just set in stone, mm. and that will help you get together with them. We do that. We have a group that we go to Lake Powell, which is a humongous lake uh, in southern Utah, northern Arizona, that... Um, and we go every, we know, Labor Day, boom, it's set. Mm-hmm. That's when we go, you know, six couples. But it's so interesting. When it gets closer, uh, everyone starts kind of hemming and, you know, one uh, hemming and eyeing and just like trying to figure out like, I don't want to go now. I, I don't want to leave my kids in. <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like we're all like caught back up in the world and then we all get there. And when we get there, it's the greatest break ever. It is. It is. And I think that's how it is with friendships in general. Like I'm thinking of, of women and a lot of times there's a lot of guilt that will go into spending time on time on friendship. Yeah. And um, I think you just have to recognize how replenished you are when you have those relationships, like that moment where, you know, you can get discouraged about certain things in your life that your kids are doing things or maybe your relationship with your spouse isn't great or whatever. If, if you can then talk to somebody else about it and recognize that they're going through the same thing, there is such a moment there. Oh, of, yeah. oh wow. I'm sorry you're going through that, but I am so relieved I'm not the only one. And that's really healing and nurturing. Well, that's... Um they that that's the power of the circle that's the power of the and the catharsis they call it koinonia i did my master's thesis on this wow. idea that koinonia <laughs> it's a huge word but it's just this fellowship that happens when we're in a group with our with people that we're safe and we can that we trust and we trust them and and it actually like during world war uh 2 um they didn't have enough therapists to sit, do all of the therapy that needed to be done for mm. these poor men that were out there shooting everyone up. And so they'd put them in groups, and these groups would just share, and they'd just talk, and they'd be able to get their feelings out. But there was a brotherhood called Koinonia that existed mm-hmm. in the group. That's that's the healing side of friends, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so interesting because I've experienced in my life when I've been a part of different groups, you know, I've done like a fitness group before or other coaching groups yeah. or um, mastermind groups. Um, that has been a great way not only for me to, to feel validated, but also to branch into a new friendship group that has become really meaningful to me. Oh, yeah. And so I think sometimes for people, if they feel like, you know, they've put friendships on the back burner for too long and they don't have any really good um, friends that they can turn to right now, that's one place that they could look to is maybe joining some kind of a group that has an interest similar to theirs. And it's amazing the connections you can make with like-minded people. It, it, it is, especially because you're, you're kind of creative. You're, you're on the same page. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you have the, you already have like a shared vernacular, a shared culture. So you don't, you can pick up kind of midstream. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to necessarily begin from the, you know, begin and tell every story and get caught mm-hmm. up. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting too. Um, I've noticed social media has been a really great way for me to connect with people. So this was kind of funny. Back like a year and a half ago before I started my blog, I wasn't even on Facebook. I had no what? social media. Holy I know. Cow. Everybody Jenny. Said, you need to get with it. I know. It kind of intimidated me. Yeah. <laughs> so when I started it, I used to call myself the Facebook Spaz because I, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. But now, you know, I'm up with it. I'm I'm connected and it's amazing to me. Um, some of the really great friendships where I've met people 
um, online, and then whenever I do meet them in person, it's like seeing an old friend, and that's yeah. been a pretty cool thing too. No, that's true, and that's I mean that's yeah. it's funny that it's really interesting because like that's kind of how I met you, and then we met each other on on a TV show that we do. But it, mm-hmm. it is all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, I, I've read your blog. I know all about yeah. you. Interesting. You've only seen the person maybe once, but you feel like you're yeah. friends. It's great. It really is powerful. Um, some of the benefits of like you're talking time management, but the mere fact that you could insert friendship into your existing life. And and have a time and a place for it. I mean, I actually see a lot of socializing and friendship building in my church, mm-hmm. in my activities when I go to church on Sunday or on Wednesday when I go to some meetings. I, all of a sudden, it's like there's a very cathartic social outlet there. And you know you're mm-hmm. close. You know your neighbors have your back. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so lucky to be a part of any kind of group or community or anything that's like that. Do you, again, you're only going to have so much time anyway, mm-hmm. and you, I guess you have to decide if friends are a goal, if they're important, because if they're important, you got to get them in your schedule mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. You can't just keep well, thinking someday, 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 because eventually your friends will be gone. I know. Isn't that sad? And you miss out on a huge part of pleasure and joy in your life, too, I think. Right. No, <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Put that off. But like anything new... You just have to remember to baby step it. You know, if you're all enthusiastic about friends and go out and schedule a bunch of lunches and stuff, that's going to, you're going to get burned out. I think you just have to recognize that even just taking um, the initiative to establish one friend in one aspect of your life, you're going to feel the benefit from that and you yeah. can go from there. Hey, uh, well, I think you're my friend, Jenny. <laughs> I'm glad because um, Lake Powell is a little slice of heaven and when one of those couples. Yeah. Bail well, out. Yeah. I already know My who I'm going to get I, rid of. We, <laughs> I'll get rid of I know the one, and then I'll just have you actually they on the boat. Don't say their name on air. I but, won't. Yeah, put me at the top of the list. <laughs> you're there. I'm all over Lake Powell. <laughs> oh, Jenny, that's good. So now that you're done with your book, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way, uh, what's next? Why don't you do one, ha- Healthy Eating, The Fat, Unhappy Man Way? I'm going to let you write that book. <laughs> Why does everybody keep no, putting it? No, to, Jen, it's too late. You. No, Jenny. You and you hate, to, you hate to, to eat anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Right? My diet, yeah, my diet would just be, you know, graham crackers <laughs> and milk. Yeah, you don't want to write a cookbook about that. No. So. It's just a dip I'm milk. Getting, it's a dip book. I'm getting ready to start um, a fun program. It's unnamed as of yet, but I'm going to do it in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be a thing where... Um, you can pick a goal that you want to work on for the month, and we're going to do a conference, like a group conference call on oh, the cool. Facebook page. It's going to be awesome because it's going to be good coaching, and everyone, regardless of what they're working on, you pass through the same barriers and fears and things. So I've, I've got a name. Oh, tell me. Okay, but I don't want anyone to steal it out there in listener land. This is okay. how. This is just how fast my mind. My mind's a steel trap. But this is this is this is the name. Golapalooza. <laughs> wow, that's catchy. Yeah. Do you feel okay. it? Golapalooza. Once, once, once I can spell it, then yeah. we'll talk. It, it's a hard URL. But, yeah. um, but I bet the domain's yeah. out there. No, I bet it is. Golapalooza. Anyway, that's just I'm just giving you that one, Jen. Do you want to tell us what that means? Or It's just, it's just a big up? party. It's a big celebration around goals. Golapalooza. Oh, you got to say it like a soccer, like a soccer announcer. 
Golapalooza! Like that. I don't know if I can do it that well. Well, Jen, I can't do everything for you. <laughs> I already came up with the name and the way to say it. Tell you what, I will cook you, I'll cook you something happy Galway and oh, you can okay. announce it for me. Okay, well, I'll do it. I'll okay. do the voiceover. Because we're friends. Jenny Layton, you're the best. We are friends. BFFs, <laughs> friends forever. Hey, uh, everybody, go check out her website, The Happy Gal. It's a great blog, tons of information, ideas. And, again, you got to check out her cookbook, Healthy Eating, The Happy Gal Way, uh, and her soon-to-be-released book, uh, Healthy Eating, The Big Fat Guy Way, um, which is, you know, destined to be a bestseller. We're taking a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have a little roundtable as we wrap up the show. Uh, Our own Mike Pond, our dating expert, is going to be talking about The Friend Zone. Have you ever been placed out in the friend zone when you wanted to be in the boyfriend zone or the girlfriend zone? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. More on friends right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's the hoedown music, which means it's time to start dancing. Hit it. Not you, Mike. Uh, Anyway, today's show, obviously, about friends. And we've got a bunch of them right here. This is, I feel like we're, I feel like we're a group of incredibly Uh, close friends. You consider me a friend? Wow. Well, but I'm about to put you in the friend zone. Oh, no. That's a zone that we don't want to go into. Explain it, because a lot of people out there don't even know there is a friend zone. Well, we're going to be entering into this dark, mysterious place. Here we go. You're now entering the friend zone. Now, this is a... What was that? That's We're in the friend zone right now. Oh, Matt. is that where... Okay, okay. Yeah, we are now in okay. the friend zone. Okay. It and feels different. In popular culture, mm-hmm. the friend zone, this may be a term that some people aren't familiar with, but... Yeah. In the last, like, it's been popularized in the last 10, 15 years. But it refers to a platonic friendship or a relationship wherein yeah. one person uh, wishes to kind of escalate wanna, things. They, they want to pick enter it up. They a want romantic a romantic relationship. Sure. But the other party does not want to no, do that. No, you're just like my sister. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this happens a lot. Does it? Yeah. It's weird. It's never happened to me. You know what? It's, I think that I don't it's know more commonly I don't know why happens like to, to men more than women. I, I think I think you're right. Yeah. Men like like they might yeah like hey you're cute I want to date you but she just says I see you more like a brother yeah it hey you are just such a good friend I don't want to ruin our friendship things like that or it's a depressing thing one of my favorite lines that I heard was uh, you are so amazing I wish I could find a guy like you and I, uh, hello. Hello. Oh, that's Here so I am. awful. Yeah, I know. Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. You know, in, guy- in the defense of women, sometimes Who we is don't. That? It's Maddie. Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm right here. Hello. Okay. Welcome. Um, okay. Sometimes we don't know that we've put a guy in the friend zone. I had a guy in the friend zone for four years, had no idea that he even liked me or anything like that. So sometimes it's I not know, our that's fault. a problem. And there are ways to get out of the friend zone. You kiss Number her. one you would try be like, kiss. yeah, you let her know your feelings, I, right? Yeah, how do you Vice do that? Vice versa, you, you let the guy know your feelings. Yeah, well, you spill the beans. You say, hey, I I kind of, you know, this thing, I... I like, like you a lot. Exactly. Like that. And that can be hard. Or... are you? I always, I'm like, look, are you from Jamaica? 
And she'll be like, no. No, I'm not. I, I'm from New Jersey. Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> and you that would like work that. fine. That would work great. Yeah. I, I don't breaker. know if you remember, but I've got a doctorate, and I learned that. That was part of my dissertation. So cheesy pickup lines get you out of the friend zone? No. Cheesy? No, they don't. Uh, I, I just – that was a word that came to me. Jess, Jess mouthed it to me, so oh, I thought she, I'd Jess say – Yeah, she said cheesy, so. It's – no. Just try it. Jamaican me crazy. What person wouldn't want that? I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. But, the, you know, I think women are a lot more tactful at putting people in the, the friend zone than men are. Men are just kind of like, oh, I just want to be friends. Yeah. But, That's you know, rude. They'll you just kind of tap you on the shoulder. Ah, oh, you're such a good friend. Wow, thanks. It's no, like I feel like that's lo- a lot more painful than let's yeah, just be friends. I know, right? That's a lot more straightforward than, man, man I would love to have a relationship for, with a person like you, but, you know, we're just <laughs> friends. Like, that's, oh. That's Is there something dagger. worse than the friend zone? No. I don't know. It's pretty painful. Maddie, from your experience, I mean, how, Maddie, how was that being you've in the been friend in the zone? friend zone quite a bit. Oh, my. No. I was in the friend zone once. How oh, did that really? feel? For like how six years. I was, I was mad. I was like, yeah, right? no, you are not doing this to me. I am getting out of the friend zone. So you and got I did. out. What did you yeah, do to get out? What did you do to get out? Um, I think I just, you know, pretended like I was happy just being a great friend to him. And I was like, I'll be here for you. I'll support you. And then didn't work out with this other girl a couple days later. And I was like, I've been here the whole time. And then you ran him over. Oh, did he? So did you date? <laughs> that yeah, strategy usually doesn't work very so well. You, I know. So one way out of the friend zone is just to somehow disable the competition. Right. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just act like you're content and be a good friend because you do end uh. up dating your good friends, but what if, right? But, I don't know. Oh. I don't know about that. That's what worked for me. I don't know. You could wait Sometimes, for years doing that. I know. And someone did wait for me for years and it was the best thing That's ever. how people die. No, seriously. <laughs> of a broken heart. <laughs> but it worked out. We started dating and it was great. And okay, now what I don't want to hear about that anymore because that doesn't, okay. that is so, that usually doesn't work. I'm sorry. That worked, no, that's what worked fine. for me. Thank Go you. Ahead, Mike. Thank you. But, you know, another way is the ice cold freeze out. Is The 30 day freeze out is what I like to call it. Wow. Cut off all contact. Have you done that? Yes. Frank? Hold on. Do you do you do this like formally? Like uh, from here to here, from this date to this date, you will officially be frozen out or no. shunned, as we call it. No, you just do it. And this is kind of middle school, you yeah. know, <laughs> tactic. I yeah. think, but yeah. it works. Or even grade school, really. Yeah. I mean, no, my elementary school. Like my son's in middle school, and he would never do that. He would yeah. at least talk to her. Well, I mean. No, no contact. So this is one that you really don't recommend, but... No, do not do this one. Okay. But if you're desperate... Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll try anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it has a good route to it, that you want to remove yourself from their lives and exactly. stuff so they can realize what they're missing. Well, the whole point of it, too, is to give yourself an opportunity yeah. to realize... See, we call that separation in divorce. <laughs> it's just a legal separation. Yeah. You For know, a time period, we will be separated. We will not talk. See how you We'll feel. see the children one night a week, every other weekend. Okay, yeah, okay. try that out. That makes but sense. The Freezing problem is, out is the technical term. You're not in a relationship, though, when this is happening. Oh, it's okay. a little, little yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. But that's even colder than the friend zone. Yeah, it's pretty, that's like the, the friendless zone. It's pretty cold. But you know, my last tip, I guess, would be to just let it go. You want to sing for us, Maddie? Oh, I know you guys want Ready me to sing, roll. but my... Ready, roll. Oh, wow. Yeah, please don't destroy our microphones. <laughs> that was really I good. Don't, I don't that was really good, sing. Jess. got it. Jess hit that one really well. <laughs> Um, let it go. Meaning what? You you move on. You you cut your losses. But so and, you're not a friend anymore. That seems well, sad. Yeah. Sometimes that that has to happen. Okay. Can I just give you all some advice? 
A very wise man named C.S. Lewis once said, we meet no ordinary people in our lives. Everybody is extraordinary. If we could see who these people were before they ever came to this earth, you would want to just worship them. They're that special. So here's what I believe. Whether it's a friend or family or foe, everyone's got something good inside of them. Let's start taking care of each other. For heaven's sakes, go out there. Your challenge, go call that friend you've been thinking about during the show. Whoever came to mind, that person, whomever, go give them some sugar. Go give them a call. Go tell them how great they are and thank them for helping you become the person you are. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Friends, we're done. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Sirius XM, 143 BYU Radio.